of the tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all! What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. We are here to go over the, the pre uh, of Bellator 288 in Chicago. So we're going to go, only go over a few fights, the first of which might be the most important um, for this podcast, at least. Uh, Lucas Brennan and Nick Talavera. Uh, Lucas coming in, as we know, 7-0 and um, on, a, on a crazy run right now. Uh, yeah. Nick's coming in at 5-1. and one. What do you know about Luke's opponent? Um, the, so the cool part about this fight is this guy is 5-1, five first-round submissions. Lucas is 7-0, and oh, five first-round submissions. Um, one TKO, one decision. Um, he, he's crafty. He's long. He's, he's six feet, uh, six feet tall, um, real long arms, like longer arms than a six foot tall guy. You okay. know, he's, he's, he's very lanky for a guy that's only going to be two inches taller than Lucas. Um, he's got nice dar setups. Um, nice, nice submissions. Like he, he's, he's solid jujitsu guy, um, decent striking. And he himself has a nice takedown. His takedown defense yeah, I don't want to jinx Luke or anything, but his takedown defense is not great. Okay, but he does have a nice double leg takedown himself, body lock um, that I watched him, you know, do. And and I, I only watched three fights. I'd only seen two of his fights, his last two fights, until just this weekend. And then I saw the fight that he lost, and uh, he, he he's good, man. He's he's solid. It was a close decision. Um, the, he lost because he got taken down, I want to say, three times per round for three fights or for okay. three rounds. So um, I'm excited for the fight. What's his background? Is he a wrestler? Like, where, does he, where do you come up from? I wasn't sure if he was a wrestler until I watched that fight. And okay. he's not. He definitely wasn't a wrestler. Um, but he, like, again, he has decent takedowns. He's strong in the clinch. Um, he's he's uh, solid jiu-jitsu. His striking's not great, but he it, it's it's long. Yeah, um, he throws a, a big hook, a a big overhand right, and and a long uppercut, and that's basically his his you know three kind upper of one, body strikes. Two, one two three combo is that? Yeah, no, one at a time. No, two, what, okay. one to two at a time. Okay, um, and and so it'll be interesting. Luke's been striking a lot. We've been up at Glory, you know, for the last. But like eight eight weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, of the twelve week camp, we were we spent six weeks there. Okay, and uh, it was it was awesome. You know, he was in a room full of top caliber guys the entire time, and aside from getting used to it the first week there, he was on the same level as the best guys that you can name right now. He was on the level with them every day. Um, so it was great. It was great training. You know, again, it took a little bit to get used to, which is why I was glad we went and kind of put him in that uncomfortable position. James Krause, an awesome coach. Um, James Krause, uh, Jason High, and a guy named Austin Ford. They're the, the three main coaches that uh, are on the mat every day. And they were all, you know, phenomenal with Luke. Um, great, great training, great coaching. And, and then all the the guys that train there are just, just you know killers yeah i don't want to even go over the list of names but it's <laughs> it's top top guys you know tons of top guys 
you mentioned um, that uh, Talavera's got really long arms yeah. as you're and I, I know I know you're keeping your strategy, you know, close to the vest. But as you think about what's important, what does long arms do when you're when you're um, preparing to fight? What is that? What yeah, is- I mean, you have to you have to pay attention to range. You know, you can't be where you're normally in your range when someone's that much longer than you, because at that point you're getting hit. Yep. You know, um, so it's either it's either too far, too close, too far, too close, and and by too close, I mean inside close where you're you're you know you it's harder your for power. him is a little more jammed up yeah and uh it, it'd be more in, in luke's favor to to fight from inside and um <clears throat> yeah i don't it'll be uh it'll be an interesting fight after all this time being up at glory i wish we had a guy that wasn't quite as long because i would have liked to see uh, a you know a good amount of striking out of him yeah um and, and there will be there'll be some striking but um, just not going to be able to stand on the outside and and be long like he's normally a long guy in the division, and uh, Nick Talavera will definitely be a longer guy this time. I think you mentioned in another podcast that uh, Luke has gone through seven fights and he's had like four significant strikes against him, something along yeah. that lines. So, sounds like maybe that that might change a little bit this fight. No, I mean not necessarily. The what I wanted do is get him uh, like he's he's prided himself on you know not being hit and and doing that and that's awesome however when it comes time to to sit down on your punches and and throw and and we're looking to actually hurt somebody on the feet you know you're gonna hit you know and i don't want it to be like crap that was five crap that was six (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you just don't yeah and and so just to kind of get that the do- the goal is to take the least damage possible. Sure, that's what I'd like to look at. As the yeah. goal is to take the least damage possible, and I'd say being hit four times in seven fights is pretty damn good. Yeah, it's, yeah. So so you know, the goal will continue to stay the same. Um, just keeping track of it is like he's such an analytical person, and and has everything you know broken down on his, on his, his whiteboard. Board. Yeah, yep. and so I just uh, I just. I don't want him to be disappointed when one fight he gets hit four times and was like, shit, I didn't get it hit that many times in seven fights, you know? Uh, yeah. So, well, and then you've talked about this a lot, you know, when you get, when you face somebody in the top five, everybody's that caliber. And I know he's not there yet, but as he continues to climb, people are going to get tougher and, oh, and you can't expect that that that's going to continue through. Of course. Know. And that's why we started going up to glory and training with those guys now yeah instead of when we signed that fight against the top 10 guy the top eight seven six guy you know what i mean and and wanted to get ready for that stuff right now instead of you know in the camp before it so super excited for this one it will uh we'll be we'll be cheering for him from our house that's for sure i'm excited excited my prediction is luke by submission and as good as this guy's jiu-jitsu is, you know, a lot of times the better the guy is at jiu-jitsu, the easier it's going to be to get your sub setups because you get a guy who's not really great at jiu-jitsu, they're, they're kind of erratic and move differently. Unpredictable. You know, unpredictable, yeah. And, and so when you get a guy who's trained as well, He's got similar counters. He he's doing what he's supposed to do. Yep. You know, and when you're the better grappler, which for sure Luke's the better grappler. I I, I don't know what belt this guy is, but uh, you know he's he's uh, 
for sure the better the better jujitsu guy, at least on paper. So he's going to be doing what he's taught to do to counter, and Luke's going to have number two, number three, number four, number five already know. set up in his mind on right. where he's going. Right. So it'll be it'll be fun to see, but it'll also be you know it'll be interesting to see um, him have to pass someone's guard. You know, everyone everyone. Uh, he lands in side control. He lands yeah. in half guard in his pass. Like, it'll be interesting to see someone try to throw up a sub or something on him. So, uh, we'll see. Super excited for this one. Next fight you wanted to talk about. This is another one of the undercard fights. Um, Jalen Bates versus Jornel Lugo. And you're a big fan of Lugo. I've gotten to know this guy a little bit. Yeah, Jornel's a stud, man. He's uh he's a guy who I've been watching for a while and and kind of I've talked to him off and on throughout the last, you know, he was on one of our cards at, at Mohegan Sun and since then I've talked to him off and on and kind of wanted to see if I can get them together to train. Yeah. Luke and him. He he's very good. He's very uh drill heavy. Drills, drills, drills. He watches a lot of fights. Um he's very smart, man. Very high fight IQ. Jalen Bates is another young up and comer, um, kind of like Luke and Jornell and and Jalen himself, and he's exciting. He's super fast, super exciting, and I I'm gonna go with Jornell in this fight, um, just because I feel like Jornell's fought the tougher guys already, and and he's he's very skilled, very crafty. But uh, I'm excited. When I heard that fight was booked, I, I messaged Jornell. I was like, hey, that's a great fight. You know, I think, I think it's a great fight for Jornell, but I, I also think it's just going to be a great fight, period. Yeah, Jornell comes in uh, just after his only loss to Danny Sabatello. We talked about that before we hit record. You know, it was a unanimous decision. It was something. I, I wish I could have thrown a rock into Danny Sabatello and like, <laughs> heard him or something during that fight. It was terrible. But Jalen Bates <laughs> is coming in at 6-0 and as well. So, I mean, together they've got 14 six wins. 6-0, 7-1? 6-0, 8-1. So they're coming in 14-1 and combined. That's a, that's a, you know, two great fighters for coming sure. in there. So, for sure. Um, you've talked before on the podcast about you can see it go, if it goes this way, Fighter X is going to win. If it goes this way, Fighter Y is going to win. Um, do you see a recipe like like that between these two fighters? Both of them are very good on the ground. I'm I want to I want to go with with Jornel on the ground, but I also think that he has the better striking as well. I think he's okay. got the better striking of the two. Um, so I think if there's going to be a, a big difference anywhere, I think it would be in the striking. But um, on the ground, I think it'll be competitive. But I I think Jornel has, I think he's got better jujitsu. Cool. Well, I'll be pulling for Jornel as well. Um, Super excited for that fight. Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be the first of three fights that we're looking at on the main card. Uh, Daniel Veitchel yeah, and Daniel Veitchel. Timur Kizarev. Um Timur's coming out of, I think I looked this dude up, he's out of, out of Dagestan, I Dagestan think. Dagestan fighter. Dag fighter out Dag of Dagestan, fighter. Russia. Yep. What do you know? Another Dagestani. That uh, he's coming in this fight eleven and zero. Um, that Vi- those guys just lined up over there waiting to come over. It's one like at a, a time. It, it, it's like a conveyor belt. It's just like a <laughs> factory of fighters. So Vichel, this this dude is coming in with forty two victories, 42-13 and zero. This guy is tons of fights. Holy cow! Yeah, he's got a lot of fights. Tons of experience. Fights. 
He's got 55 fights, and he's the underdog against a guy that's 11 and 0. Yeah, that is, and that it's is. because he's coming out of Dagestan. You know, it's uh, we, we. I was just talking to Lucas about this the other day. These guys are trying to trying to put roadblocks in front of us because there was not a Russian fighter in our weight class, and now there's a Dagestani guy and a Chechnya guy. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's so. Why is it that this guy coming out of Chechnya is it? I mean. I mean, I know geography. I know. I, I, I mean, know that's where Hamzat Chmaev is from. Yep. Yeah. Um, this guy, the guy that's in his, the the new guy in the division, I think he's twenty two or twenty three and two, um, and then this guy's eleven and zero, uh, the Dagestani guy. Yeah. Yep. Eleven and zero, and he's young. He's born in ninety five. So, so I guess he's twenty eight, twenty seven. Yeah, Luke was born in two thousand, and he's twenty two. So so twenty seven. Yeah. Um, I what is it about? I don't know if you know very much about these fighters, but man, uh, forty-two and thirteen—is it age? Is it is it that they thinking that that Vichel's maybe past his prime? Is it because this is just another one of those fighters that everybody's? I'm not sure what Vichel's coming off of his last couple. Um, this guy's obviously on a streak, eleven and zero, and and he's again he's coming out of Dagestan. He can wrestle. I don't think there's anybody that comes out of Dagestan yet that doesn't wrestle. Boy, I saw some. I saw some video of. Uh, was it Chimaev? No, it was. Uh, it was the guy who just won. Um, Islam. Islam Akachev. They showed him some doing some wrestling in front of DC, and DC like was just losing his mind at 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 Islam's ability. To but did wrestle. he still think he could beat? Uh, <laughs> they Jordan Burroughs. <laughs> this was they were actually on the mat and 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 DC just lost his mind. He he there was That's there awesome. was a move he he pulled a guy's arm out and and rolled him in such a way then ended up on top of him and it was like lightning fast. Nice. And you saw DC like you know sitting up against a wall just going like you know losing his mind. I couldn't believe he saw. It's awesome. Um, so you you asked about um about Vichel. Um, his last win he just beat. Robert Whiteford, um, and he's actually win loss win loss win yes. loss win. It's yeah, he's he's five hundred. If you go back, if you go back his last eight fights, he's he's five hundred all the way across. Yeah, two wins, two losses. Of the win loss win loss win. Yeah. So again, I, I, I'm I'll go with the the Dagestani guy just because um, he's he's eleven and zero, and coming out of that camp, you know, they wouldn't have taken the fight. As an 11-0 guy, if they didn't think he was ready for that guy, yeah, you know, Vital's very well rounded. He's got really good striking. Um, guy's a specimen too. Yeah, yeah. He's, How tall is he? Five ten. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's the same same height as Luke, but yeah. obviously he's thicker. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that guy beats him, and he probably beats him inside two rounds. Uh, on the ground. Mm-hmm. That that that's where it's going to come. Yeah. That brings us to, um, I believe, the first of two title fights. Um, Co-main. Co-main, yeah. Patricky Fieri and Usman Nurmagomedov. Patricky Pitbull, the brother of the brother of uh, Patricio. Yep. Um, yeah, so he's got the 55 title, but he's fighting Khabib's cousin. And that guy is, I believe he's undefeated as well. Um 15 and 0. Yeah, 15 and 0. Yep. And 
he's probably going to make it look easy. And he's going to take that belt. And and then he'll probably hang on to it for a little while. He's he's very good. He's very tough. He's got a nasty guillotine. Um, he's got a, his last win was a trip. He tripped the guy to get him off balance. So he bounced back up. As he bounced back up, he was already in a guillotine. Sat him on his butt against the fence and choked him. And um, again, he's coming out. Of, is he coming out of the same camp? What 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 is Khabib's camp called over there? I know they uh, train at AKA when they're in the United States. Let me but see if it if it lists it here. Are they all? Um, let me go. Let me go one other place. I I don't know, but let me see if I can find it really quick. Yeah, for just you. I don't, I'm I'm wondering if that's the dag dag fighter. Oh yeah, if it's the same or if it's uh. No. No, it's okay. um, so there it's, is a second place there. It is in Nurmagomedov School of American Kickboxing. So oh, so it's an AKA. It's it's Abdul okay. something Nurmagomedov. So the AKA then, is uh, the same place they train where DC's at, where everyone's at in California. Okay, so they're an affiliate of, of AKA, obviously. Okay, so that is Khabib's father. Okay, and uh, oh, wow. that's okay. where they're all training still. So, and that's what Khabib's running the show. Interesting. So yeah, I, I I think that's a as as good as the Pitbull Pitbull brothers are. I think Usman is uh, on the rise, and he's going to be someone to you know he's going to be someone to have to deal with for a while. So Petriki's coming in. He's fifteen and ten, um, and I think he actually he he last fight is a win obviously because he's got the belt but he had two losses before that yeah um, one was a, a cut i believe against dr stoppage uh, yeah against um peter peter queely and then yep. he just beat him in the rematch is that yes, right that's yeah. exactly right yeah and he beat him beat him quick yeah. uh well in I, I guess toward the end of the second round so those are five round fights for a belt right so yeah. he he didn't even make it halfway so it's tough to bet against a Nurmagomedov. Absolutely, <laughs> I mean, it absolutely is. I mean, so so you're going, you're going with yeah, uh, I'm going with Usman. Okay, for sure. So then and that, he's actually Khabib's cousin. Khabib will be there in his corner. So actual cousin, not yeah. just like yeah, not just a not just a hey, you're my bro kind of cousin. last name. Okay, yeah, yeah, got it. Um, so then that brings us to our co-main event, um, Vladim Nem- Nemkov. And Corey Anderson. Yeah, Vadim Nemkov and Vadim. Corey Anderson. Yep. Vadim is 15-2. and two. Correct. Um, so he was the champion. Well, he's still the champion, but he he was in the light heavyweight Grand Prix. And throughout the Grand Prix, you can lose the belt. Like, like I was talking about on another podcast, you can lose the belt throughout the Grand Prix, and then there's a new champion that's still not the champion of the tournament yet, but he's the champion of the weight class. Got it. And so uh, – but he made it through to the finals and ran into Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson was beating him. He was up on the scorecards, and he was on top of him and ground and pounding him. And he, for whatever reason, threw like he was trying to throw a punch or an elbow, and the arm hit the ground, not not uh, not, not Nemkov, but his head hit Nemkov, split his head open. He sat back and pointed and, and said, that he knew he cut him yeah, or he yeah. knew he had butted him. And, yeah. and Vadim was like, here, so they stopped it, stood him up. The fight ended up getting stopped. It ended up being a no contest. Is it nasty cut? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was just leaking? Is that all? Yeah, and, and there was too many rounds left in the fight. It would have definitely played a part in the fight sure. had they continued. Okay. 
And so he did the smart thing and said, you know, I'm not going to continue. He, yes. Uh, with it being a no contest, he continues to keep the belt. Yeah. And they rematch. So this is the finals of the Light Heavyweight Grand Prix that was supposed to take place, you know, a long time ago. But it sounds like Corey Anderson had some integrity, too. He stopped right away and, yeah, and like, he, I, I hit him. He's a know? good dude. He's a good dude. And, and he's the guy, he was coming off four wins in a row and then a loss to Jan Block, which when he left the UFC, he was ranked, I want to say, somewhere inside the top six when he left the UFC. And, uh, and he's, like I always talk about, he said he made more money in his first, I want to say his first fight or first two fights than he made in all of his fights in the UFC. That's so that's crazy. Yeah, it is. Crazy because why isn't the UFC paying more? Especially to someone like that. Yeah, I mean, somebody that's that's competitive. Ranked inside the top 10? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd think that they would be, you know, deep into the undercard. Um, yeah. And yeah, drawing people and seems to be doing well. So, so who do you like in this one? Well, man, I'm a real big fan of of uh, Nemkov. Like him a lot, and and really wanted to see him run through the tournament. And Corey Anderson came and spoiled the party. Vadim got off easy with the cut. Yep, and and keeping the belt for this long. I hope he went home, did his homework on what was going on during yeah. that fight and yeah. was able to change things around. I'm not mad if Corey Anderson wins the fight uh, and wins the wins the belt. He's a he's a stud. He's a great guy. He will be the champion, you know, for a bit if he if he wins. But it'll be it'll be an interesting fight. I'd like to see if Corey comes back the same guy because he was already beating him. And if Nemkov changes it up somehow, gets takedown defense a little bit better and and comes back and, you know, is that hard changes it. Is it hard to come back into a fight like that? I mean, I think of uh, Piotr Jan and Aljo. Yeah. Um, Piotr Jan was absolutely winning that fight. The illegal knee, it's over. Then you've got this scenario where Corey Anderson's absolutely winning the fight. Yeah. There's a, a headbutt. When, when, in that situation, when you come back in and you know you were winning, it seems like it'd be really easy to be like, I had this. I'm a better fighter than him. And, and so, maybe, maybe not engage as as much so this is something to talk about as a fighter it might be in your head that i was already beating the guy so i'm going to do what i was doing and i'm going to come back and beat him again yeah as a coach i'm going to go home and watch everything you did wrong and i'm going to watch everything that that guy's coach is watching what they need to do to correct okay right i'm not watching i'm not watching that guy anymore i'm now <laughs> watching what they were seeing out of us because we're going to have to change something too because now they're going to change what they do when they come back. Yep. And we have to be ready for that. We can't be the same guy. Yep. So as a coach, you have to be like, oh, hold on. You know, you were doing this. You were dropping your hand here. You were keeping your head down when you take a shot. Like whatever you were doing wrong, and I'm sure whether he was winning or not, he was making mistakes. Sure. And, and so it is something that you need to go back and watch as the other coach, watch your guy even though he was winning, and break it down backwards, you know, uh, um, look back and see what what was, what was what were you doing right, what were you doing wrong, and how can we correct, you know, what he's going to come back doing next. Reverse engineer what was happening. Yeah, I would think it's, it, that's where the, the chess match of fighting really. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, it's not all about what you do in the cage. I mean, it's a big, obviously, it's a big piece of it. It doesn't matter what your plan is if you can't execute on it, but... 
it seems like there's a lot more involved in the chess match there. For sure. It's where a good coach comes in. Someone that can, you know, watch on the outside and yep. see something that you may not see when you're in there. As a coach, would you consider bringing somebody in and saying, okay, you watch this fight. How would you coach the loser? You know, bring somebody in that, that's objective. A yeah, a different yeah, coach. Be and be like, hey, how, how would you coach somebody to beat my guy right. off of this fight? Right. And then be like, okay, that's what we're going to work on is what this guy would come in who's totally objective. That's the only way I watch Lucas's fights now. When I rewatch his fights in, yeah. in the back yeah. or, or afterwards, I don't go back and watch. Like, I'll watch once. And like, man, yeah, you got to enjoy that it. That was great. That was great. He's awesome. You know, blah, blah, blah. But then when it comes time, fight's over, we're home, and it's time I sit down, Yeah, I sit down and watch him as the other guy, as the other coach. How many times do you watch those fights afterwards? Do you go through multiple times? His? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Could you go play almost almost blow by blow through some of them? You've watched them that many times, and you know oh, how I they... Oh, I could tell you all seven fights exactly how they happened and how the three amateur fights went as well. That's, you're only talking about 12 rounds, though, between yeah, but seven fights. We just, we just figured out. He just figured out earlier, it's like 41 minutes of... Of, uh, of fight time? Yeah, because he had the one that went the three rounds. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So there's 15. And yeah. then one that went two, two rounds, yep. almost the end of the second round. Yeah. And then the others, the other yep. five were first rounds. Um, but they were like a minute and a half, two and a half, three and a half. Um, so, um, but yes, I, I dissect them, you know, break them down, watch them as, as uh, negatively as I can from the other side, from the other person and kind of nitpick everything I can. Yeah. And then I'll bring it to him, you know, one little thing at a time and change it up. Do you have to be careful on your, I know you're, you're going to go back and you're going to like destroy and nitpick it without Luke being there because you're not, obviously you're not going to, you're not going to chew him up, especially when he's sure. seven and no. When you bring those things back in, do you have to be careful about your delivery or um, are you worried about, I mean, I, I know Luke's a humble kid. I know that he's willing to be coached, but. I'm his dad and his coach. Yeah. So yes, I have to, I have to be careful <laughs> when I bring everything in. It's gotta come in as a question. Okay. What do you think about this? Okay. What do you think about that? Yeah. That way it's not me being like, hey, you need to do this. Yeah. Or hey, you need to do that, you know? I could do that, but sure. it would be received a lot easier and a lot better and a lot more welcoming from him if I'm like, hey, I I saw that you did this. What do you think about this? You know, I saw that you, you know, I don't even want to go into the, the details. Absolutely, but, yep. But I, I saw this happening. Try to do this a little bit more. What do you, or what do you think about trying this a little bit yeah. more? Yeah. You know, something like that where where it's like I want this to last a long time. Yeah. I've watched a lot of father-son coaches go to shit. You know, and and I want to be in it with him to the end. I want to be in it with Tyler when he gets here yep. until the end. And and the only way to make that happen is to have a good relationship back and forth, not just as the the dad. That I don't want to coach like a dad, right? You don't want to be throwing rocks at him when he's. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to be able to break stuff down to him. I want to be able to talk about it with him. I want to be able to at least get him to see, you know, it's hard to get somebody that's really good at something, yeah. you know, to look at the negatives as well. Some, some dwell on the negatives and some, you know, want to continue to see the sunshine. Yeah. And so I, it's a fine line, man. It's a fine line. And we've talked about this on multiple podcasts of coaching him and being his dad and coaching Tyler and being his dad. 
and I feel like I've got the the recipe for it, and it's been successful through all of their jujitsu. Even even they allowed me to coach a little bit in the wrestling. Yep. You know, um, once I started understanding the points and everything, and they, especially Tyler, come to me with questions. Not not so much about like the technique of wrestling, but but anything when it comes to weight cutting, when it comes to food, when it comes to working out, any of that stuff, they come to me, you know, with questions, which has been great because I never blasted them, man. I never, I never got on them. I never pushed them hard. You know, I let them push themselves and then I'd give a little bit more of a nudge, you know, but I was just never a dick. And, and that's where the clash happens. And, and, you know, I, again, I bring in his own boxing coach, wrestling yeah i take him to james you know for different partners and different coaching just so it's not me 24 7 yep well and i think to your point you know if you go back and listen to the podcast with luke and the podcast with with, um tyler i think you can see that the approach he had has has paid off yeah Uh, obviously it's paid off in the cage on the mat um but i think it's also paid off you know inside your house as well i didn't do like a a coaching fathering dvd or right or or podcast yeah or i do a master class <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> could i travel someone want to pay me like ten thousand dollars to come speak to dads that's I, that'd be awesome all cool. right well those are my predictions i'm going well so i didn't give one on the last one yeah i, I would i would like to see nemkov win i'm gonna go with Corey anderson okay just based off of how yeah how he looked last time yeah he looked good and and uh I'd like to be wrong on it just because I want to see the I want to see the Bellator guys win. And even though he's a Bellator guy now, yeah. He was a UFC guy that was successful in the UFC. Yep. And I'd like to see Nemkov win and then Corey can go ahead and come back and win the belt. I don't care. So, you've got you've got Anderson, you've got Nurmagomedov, you've got uh Kiriev or Kurziev. Yep. Um and then you've Jordan got Lugo. Jornel Lugo and obviously Lucas. Cool. Awesome Good stuff. See you when it's over. Thank you guys. Like, share, subscribe to the channel. Thank you. It is all over. Just like that.